Chicklet for life. Um. Okay. I have so many questions. Like, what's yeah? Okay, fine. Like, what's what's wrong with with this one? Well, like, I I guess my yeah. Why why are the only words like the name of the show over and over again? It's a theme tune. That's like. That's what team tunes are about, like. Yeah, but like in like the Big Bang Theory team tune, like they only mention the name of the show like once. Yeah, like right at the end. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you watch the Big Bang Theory. What exactly is that supposed to mean? Uh, it means it's an unimaginative show for unimaginative people. So you know, it's not exactly what I was going for here. I have a question. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, did you like actually get Kid Capri to do the intro or, or how did that work? <laughs> like, I don't know who that is, but it's funny. Uh, Kid Capri, Sergio, really? Did you just like look that up on your phone? <gasps> Excuse you. I happen to be a very big Q-Tip fan. Everyone in, you know, the whole extended Tribe Called Quest Queens family. When was the last time you listened to the Abstract and the Dragon? Okay, like, I don't know what none of that meant, but Katie, I'm pretty sure you just got served by a posh girl. I'm not that posh. Could we please stop with the name calling? Yeah, like, way to keep a G there, Sersha. Polite people appreciate East Coast hip-hop just as much as people who are not polite. If you, like, trim that down a little bit, you got yourself a t-shirt there. Okay, um, again, we're getting kind of off topic and, you know, Kid Capri was involved in a lot more than just that album. Always got to get the two cents in, does our Sarah. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think we got to move on. Wu-Tang may be for the children, but uh, Chicklet is for us. How's that for a t-shirt? Oh my God, yes. I will just buy a stake in your company instead of trying to produce my own slogans. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but um, I guess t- to get started, um, we before we start off on on what, what uh, the kind of book discussion is going to be this week, um, I did want to mention that uh, following last week's uh, episode we we, uh, we we caught a lot of um, I mean I don't want to say hate or anything um, that that sounds a little dramatic but we we did hear a lot of um, let's say opinions of, of varying levels of civility um, about uh, our discussion about consent um, on air last week like like we don't we don't hate lads or anything. Like a lot of people seem to think that like I hate lads and and I I don't like that's not why that's not what we were talking about. Actually, did somebody say that? Well, like like people will get the wrong end of the stick on this, and like we knew that there was gonna be like backlash on this. People are gonna be offended when like we we talk about this type of thing. It was it was gonna be it was gonna happen. But like. We don't hate anyone. I don't hate anyone. Everyone seems to think that, like, it's this big thing against guys and, like, they all have to, I don't know, like, change something. And, like, I'm, like, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to do something. It's not even clear what they think I'm trying to do. But just that, like, I don't know. I want to kill all lads or something. God, like, like, like that. Dude, like, this is not, this is not unexpected we knew that folks were going to have like an issue with what we were talking about that that like 
we were going to catch some hate for this. Like people listen to us talk about something that they find uncomfortable and like now they're lashing out to like get rid of, I don't know, that energy or something. This is this is just collateral damage for that kind of conversation. Like this is this is not unexpected. We knew this was going to happen. But like they all they all said it was my fault, like because I'm the one that came up with it. Like I'm some sort of like ringleader for this. I don't know, like anti-male thing, like and that I'm some sort of horrible mastermind and I hate everyone and I deserve to be like raped and killed and all. Athena, no, like that's just trolls. Like that's you don't listen to them. No, but like what if it, what if like I'm looking for a job? in like two years and they go and like oh Clean was on like the, the radio in the college and like they look for my name and they find all this stuff like where people are just saying that like I'm a horrible person or like what if what if it gets back to my dad or something like what if he sees this it's like Jesus Clean Clean darling no this is this is okay this is you're I, I completely understand but this is we, we talked about this earlier like you, you don't need to worry about this we all talked about the same thing last week if someone has a problem with what we talked about they have a problem with all of us not just you exactly they try and have a go at you again no way I'm getting in on that you want to see my commenting skills I'll tell them exactly where to go you want to see my gift game I'm all open that I will like seriously like not even the ones that you usually see like real fresh ones sometimes I even make them myself so that it's like it's like an extra burn it's like it's like hot 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 Doritos level burn like seriously they won't be able to walk after like I showed them what's what online what kind of like Doritos are you eating they're real hot ones where are you not listening Katie you said Katie really strangely there you know it felt strange when I was saying it it's just I was I don't know what I was trying to do but it didn't it didn't happen whatever it was there's a lesson there for all of us I think (laughs) well like you know you're kind of right like Cleana seriously it's this will like blow over like straight away I mean have you been listening to Dodoy the last few weeks oh my god yeah like the blackface thing like seriously People, people are crazy, man. Who, who thought that it would be all right to show up in, oh my God, mental. No, no, I meant like the the whole like weeing outside thing. <laughs> oh, Sersha, weeing. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. Well, like, what am I supposed to call it? Uh, like pissing, taking a slash, uh, letting off a stream of urine. You know, there's, the options are endless, really. I would like to remind everyone that we are now seven minutes into today's show and have not mentioned a single book once. Because we are looking after our girl. That's what's happening right now, Sarah. I mean, do I have to explain squad goals to you again? Hashtag squad goals, everyone. Please, please, please don't. Please don't explain that to me again. Um, no, Kleena, like I, I didn't want to kind of get involved in the discussion right now because, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about this separately. But like, really, I, 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 I understand that. Yeah, it's it's super scary. But we've there are five of us, you know, we, we've we've got each other. And and, you know, it's it's this this was going to happen. And, and you know, like I just I can't, oh, my God, you you just look so sad. Like I. I when we say like and when 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 yeah when we're saying that like it's it it was gonna happen like I, I can understand that that might sound super super dismissive but like what what that means is that what we talked about and what you brought up and like we're so brave to bring up it's 
it's an important thing to say, you know, and it was an important conversation for us to have. And I've been thinking about it all this week and, and questioning, you know, my, my opinions about different, different approaches or like, I don't know, angles to do with consent and stuff. And I wouldn't be doing that without you, you know, and like, this is what happens when when someone does something scary and important. You know, it's it's I, I know we said that we weren't going to talk about, you know, the recent events in the news and everything. But, you know, it's 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 safe to say, you know, it's been a very, very sad week this week. Um, and 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 Internet trolling has been kind of at the center of it and all. And, and, and we're here to make sure that you, Kleena, know that like you've got friendship and and love and and support like around you we care and we know you're the best person there is so like you don't have to worry about what like faceless people say about you because yeah it's too much that lack of kindness is is too much and 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 we we love you so much and 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 we want to be kind and loving and supportive for you okay Oh, come here. No, no, thanks. Thanks, uh, everyone. I guess, I guess, yeah, I I guess, I guess I understand. Um, It's just, yeah, it was was rough. And then like you're saying, the the news at the weekend and it's just like, will people be that mean all the time? What's the point in in doing anything? I know. Ah, no, clean it now. No, 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 no. Like, like Saoirse was saying, we wouldn't have been talking about that without you. And like, as much as people have been like commenting and all that, losers. But people have come up to me like in the bar and after lectures even. One girl came up to me after lectures and was like, that it got them thinking. And like, like, they didn't really like say more than that. But like... Isn't that cool that people are like off thinking different things because of something you brought up? Like that's just, that's a lot bigger than than what I thought we were going to be talking about on, on this show. I thought it was going to be fun, which it is. It is fun. Mostly because of me, but that's not important. Is <laughs> for like now, like that's, that's real cool that you have people thinking about it. Lads and all have been coming up to me, you know, that's, that's any time. You can sort out lads coming up to me to talk to me, you know, I'm on for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that they want to come up to me just because of, you know, all of this that I got going on. But it's, uh, it's no, you're, you're a legend, Kleena, don't like forget that. How do you turn a discussion about consent and feminist prim- principles and stuff into you meeting new people to to bang? Katie! I would like to, to, to confirm to the public listening that I would never just bang someone out of the blue <laughs> like uh, like Katie thinks I would. Out of the blue, like you just parachute in or something well, through like, a skylight. That's pretty much what you're saying, that I just kind of, yeah, zip line in like a ninja, <laughs> do me business and then leave. Because you can't hit the floor in case you set off the alarm. And then, like, I mean, have you have you sold the movie rights to this? Oh, my God, it sounds amazing. Uh, why would I want this widely distributed so that we can continue propagating lies about my sexual history? <laughs> sexual, that's... Wasn't expecting that there, Chloe. I take my enunciation very, very seriously, Sarah. You know this, Bill me. That is, that is, that is a fair point. Um, okay, we, we are now at 
We are now at 12 minutes into the broadcast and, and still not, not, not a page of a book has been mentioned. A parody of, of Mission Impossible probably counts as Excellent a bit point. of a book. That's right. Excellent That's point. my girl cleaner. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. Very true. But um, in the spirit of, you know, the, the show and, and what we, we are here to talk about, we have some uh, some new books for, uh, for your delection. And you heard me right, listeners, books Plural. After our departure from uh, our beloved Walsh sisters last week, we thought we'd make up for lost time and get stuck into a double whammy of Walshness this week. Be real with us right now, Sarah. Did you practice that in front of a mirror? And would that be such a bad thing? Yeah, Katie. I mean, she's just being professional like Sarah. You do you, sweetheart. Oh, I appreciate that, Chloe. And you know what? As a reward for your unwavering loyalty, um, maybe if you uh, go ahead with the blurb for our first book for discussion, Angels. Did you choke on your own excitement a little bit there? I, I actually swallowed my chewing gum. It's super gross. Oh no, I hate when that happens. Um, okay, so to to sidestep uh, Sarah's very unfortunate chungum swallowing situation. Oh my God, it's going to take like forever to get through your system. It's going to be all sticking to your insides. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. Blurp. Okay, um, angels. Um, so shortly we will be landing at Los Angeles International Airport. Please ensure that your seat is in the upright position, that you weigh less than 100 pounds and that you have excellent teeth. Unlike the rest of her family, Maggie Walsh has always done everything right. At 33, she has a proper job, is happily married to Garv and never puts a foot wrong. So why does she make a bolt for Hollywood and her best friend, Emily? In the City of Angels, Maggie gets to do things she's never done before, mixing with film stars, pitching scripts, partying non-stop. But is this really a once-in-a-lifetime journey of self-discovery, or is she simply running away from married life? How was that? Flawless. For a second, I thought Beyonce was, was here in the studio. I get that a lot. Did you not listen to the blackface discussion earlier? Why are you talking about? We weren't talking about no dark makeup. That's actually, yes, stupid. And I don't know why anybody would do it. It's We were just talking about me being inhabited briefly by the spirit of our queen and saviour, Beyonce. You are kind of reaching a little bit on that one, Katie, I'm afraid. Reaching for what? Jesus, I was just trying to make a point. Okay, um, do you know what? We can take a break here. Um, Katie will find something a little bit more straightforward to be outraged about. Um in the next couple of minutes. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> it's just too easy. But um, we'll be back uh, in a couple of minutes to discuss Margaret or Maggie Walsh's uh, contribution to the Walsh sisters saga uh, in Angels. Uh, don't go away. Hi, Karen. Hi, Linda. What's up? Well, I was trying to figure out where we can go to get our pre-drink drinks for tonight. We're in labs until six, so you've only got five hours until we're leaving. I know, like how am I supposed to choose an outfit, do my makeup, change my mind about my outfit, do my hair, post the time lapse and get to the shop without majorly cutting into our pre-drink time. But that's where we come in. Pre-drink Olibi will bike your pre-drink order directly to wherever it is that you're all getting ready and screeching Ariana Grande songs at each other. Didn't have time to get a pre-night out burger? We've got that covered too. Ring in your order and we'll head down the chipper and bring it right to your door. 
All you'll need to worry about is who gets the last onion ring. What kind of monstrous human being eats onion rings before a night out? Thanks, pre-drink Ollipy. I'll be able to get a face mask in now and everything. <laughs> That's what we're here for, girls. That's what we're here for. Pre-drink Ollipy. Definitely not infringing on any copyrighted delivery services. Okay, like, am I on crack or does that sound like the best idea ever? Not okay with you using drugs as a, a, a way to, like, ease into a joke there, Chloe. It does sound like an amazing idea, though. I mean, like, how many times have we, like, spent ages, like, going to get pre-drinks and stuff? I mean, as well, like, what if you, what if you, like, don't want to wash your hair again and it's raining outside? Like, it's genius. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. Remember when we did that thing before the, 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 the Science and Health Ball last year? Oh, my God. My hair was a destroyed like the the whole braid situation you came up with afterwards though really looked better than i thought what you what you started out with why thank you sarah sarah and her pinterest account seems to you know sometimes that pays off you being just that boring pinterest is not boring why like i mean all that stuff that i bake all the time comes from pinterest i mean you benefit from it a lot more than like you would think i mean like yeah I know that I benefit and all, but it's something that I don't really want to think about. Like, you know, like the budget, you know, I don't care about what's in there, but like, I know I benefit from it. That's the problem, Chloe. You should care what's in there. I, as, as, as applicable as government spending is to Maggie Walsh's story, I, uh, I do think we should maybe veer back to the actual plot of, of Angels for now, if that's OK with you guys. <laughs> Maggie would have been one of them people that like registered with Irish water straight away. <laughs> my mom had like a friend who did that. She was oh my god, what a loser! Regressive taxation. I mean, it's oh, it's so stupid. Okay, I, I mean, we're still we're still talking about government spending and uh, that whole side of things. So I'm just going to start talking about the book, and you guys can join in if you like. Um, we thought when we picked up Angels that uh, with Maggie being the boring sister, you guys might remember um, Maggie is uh, next eldest. Uh, uh, she she's the second eldest. She's she's the next one down from from Claire, um, and she's kind of the the dependable sister, the the boring sister. If you if you listen to uh, to the other folks uh, in the family, um, how they, how they talk about her. So we all kind of thought that this book might be a bit of a dud, but uh, surprisingly, uh, we 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 dug it. We we kind of it was kind of cool that Maggie was the straight man. Um, it, it made the the events kind of I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. She's the vanilla scoop in the Sunday. <laughs> you need her for the, uh, yeah, the mint chocolate chip to, you know, do its work. Oh, mint chocolate chip, Sarah, you doorport. <laughs> <laughs> and today shall, you know, go down in history as the day Saoirse Flannery was called a dirt bird. Ah, I remember where I was on that fateful day. Our grandchildren shall doubtless trade stories of how their ancestors were in the very studio where it happened. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get back to Maggie. Um, as you all likely know at this stage, uh, listeners, we uh, we'd like to start off with an excerpt from the book. Um, so this time around, uh, unlike last week, yeah, we're going right from the beginning of the first chapter. Um, we we were a little torn though. Um, the very beginning gives us the lowdown on what's going on in Maggie's marriage that's hard to say um, but then there was a great bit right near the start of the book as well just a little later that uh, we all really liked because it sums up 
uh, the family and like Maggie's place in it. We almost came to blows. Yeah, over it was it was tense. So what we've uh, what we've done in the interest of peace and harmony is uh, created a bit of a Franken excerpt, um, one bit from the very beginning, and then the family stuff that shows us who Maggie is, or you know at least how the Walshes see her. Um, I think we've all had a go at this business now, so we're back to the beginning of the roster. Um, let's see, Sersha, we had we had you uh, doing watermelon. You on for it now? Oh, yeah, sure. Let's go. All righty. Um, I'd always lived a fairly blameless life. Up until the day I left my husband and then ran away to Hollywood, I'd hardly ever put a foot wrong. Not that many people knew about it anyway. So when, out of the blue, everything just disintegrated like wet paper, I couldn't shake a wormy suspicion that this was long overdue. All that clean living simply isn't natural. Of course, I didn't just wake up one morning and skip the country, leaving my poor sleepy fool of a husband wondering what that envelope on his pillow was. I'm making it sound much more dramatic than it actually was, which is strange because I never used to have a penchant for dramatics, or a penchant for words like penchant for that matter. But ever since the business with the rabbits, and possibly even before that, things with Garve had been uncomfortable and weird. Then we'd suffer a couple of what we chose to call setbacks. But instead of making our marriage stronger, as always seemed to happen to other luckier setback souls who popped up in my mother's women's magazines, our particular brand of setbacks did exactly what it said on the tin. They set us back. They wedged themselves between myself and Garve and alienated us from one another. Though he never said anything, I knew Garve blamed me. And that was okay, because I blamed me too. Maintenance level dysfunction. That's how I'd like to describe my family, the Walshes. Well, actually, that's not how I'd like to describe my family. I'd like to describe my family as the prototype for the Brady Bunch. I'd like to describe my family as the Waltons of Walton's Mountain. But alas, maintenance level dysfunction is as good as it gets. I have four sisters and the credo that each of them seems to live her life by is the more dramas, the better. Sample thereof. Claire's husband left her the day she'd given birth to their first child. Rachel is a recovered addict. Anna doesn't really do reality. And Helen, the youngest? Well, it's kind of hard for me to describe. But I've never been fond of chaos and I couldn't figure out why I was so different. In my lonelier moments, I used to entertain a fantasy that I was adopted, which I could never truly relax into because it was obvious from my appearance that I was one of them. My sisters and I come in two versions, Model A and Model B. The A's are tall, wholesome-looking, and, if left unchecked, have brick shit house tendencies. <laughs> I've been gearing myself up to say that. <laughs> I am a textbook Model A. My elder sister, Claire, and the sister next in line to me, Rachel, are also Model A's. Model B's, on the other hand, are small, kitten-cute, and gorgeous. With their long, dark hair, slanty green eyes, and slender limbs, the two youngest sisters, Anna and Helen, are both clear-cut examples of the genre. Though Anna is nearly three years older than Helen, they look almost like twins. Sometimes even our mother can't tell them apart. Although that's probably as much to do with her not wearing her glasses as their appearance, now that I come to think of it. To make it easy, Anna, a neo-hippie, dresses as though she's been rummaging through the dressing up box. Helen is the one with the air of psychosis. Model A's share the common characteristics of being tall and strong. Not necessarily fat, not necessarily Indeed, Model A's have been known to look willowy and slender. If they're in the grip of anorexia, that is. Not as unlikely as it sounds. It certainly happened, although not, sadly, to me. I'd never really had an eating disorder. Apparently I didn't have the imagination, Helen told me. 
However, I mightn't have an eating disorder, but I've always had a mild problem with another form of bulimia, shopping bulimia. It seemed as if I was always splurging on stuff, then trying to return it. In fact, it had recently caused a huge argument that involved most of my family. Helen had been lamenting about how hard it was to live on what she got paid as a makeup artist when suddenly she rounded on me and said, accusingly, you're good with money. This happened a lot. They referred to me as clean living and sporty, even though I hadn't played any sports since living in Chicago, and painted a picture of me that was years, probably decades, out of date. My parents wholly approved of the sepia-tinted version of me, but my younger sisters, affectionately mind, treated me as a figure of fun. Most of the time I humoured them, but that particular day I suddenly balked against being, affectionately of course, depicted as life-crushingly dull. In what way am I good with money? Not living beyond your means, thinking carefully before you buy stuff, that sort of thing, Helen said scathingly. Neither a borrower nor a lender be, ha ha ha. I'm not good with money, I said sharply. You are, they chorused, my parents with admiration, Helen without. She's not, Garv said. Thank you, I said, turning briefly to him. You are so, I bet you have a huge stash of cash in a biscuit tin under your bed. She wouldn't keep it in a biscuit tin, Dad said, defending me against Helen. You don't get any interest in biscuit tins. She has her savings in a high interest account. What savings? I don't have any savings. But you have a pension fund, Dad said anxiously. That's different. That's not savings and you don't get it until you're 60. And I'm always buying things I don't need. Then you take them back. But they don't always give refunds. Sometimes they only give credit notes and that's the same as spending money. My voice was rising. And sometimes they go out of date before I use them. No. Mum was appalled. Well, I bet you pay your credit card off in full every month, Helen persisted. I don't pay my credit card off every month. They were all slightly open-mouthed at my unexpected fury. Only some months. Oh, rock and roll. I knew it was a little strange to be having this argument. I know people argue about money, but usually they're being accused of spending too much and insisting they don't, rather than the other way around. So overwrought was I that eventually mum made Helen apologise. Then she murmured to me, It's nothing to be ashamed of, earning good money and putting some away. It was at that point that Garve made me leave, furious that they'd upset me so. You know the way Garve sees the good in most people? Well, he suspends such altruism around most of my family. On the drive home, I said anxiously, I know everything is relative and I know I'm not in their league, but I am neurotic, aren't I? I'm not a totally plain vanilla, well-adjusted good girl. Of course you're neurotic, he said stoutly. Don't mind them. However, I'm not dwelling on my family in this manner just to provide background colour. There's actually a reason for it. It's because I'm about to resume living with them. <laughs> I, uh, I felt bad about our leaving your man, Garth. Like, even if he was, like, real boring. I remember you saying this was the one you read the fastest, Chloe. Yeah, that's right. I sort of, like, just had to find out what happens. I think, like, the fact that Maggie moved to L.A. after leaving Garth. <laughs> and figuring out that, like, living with her family wasn't going to be a go or a <laughs> Right? But, like, that was, like, such a shock because, like, it didn't seem like something she would do. Like, even though you know from the beginning that, like, Los Angeles is mentioned and all that stuff, like, I just, I couldn't see her doing it and then kind of just seeing her, yeah, just picking up on going. Like, after that, the plot, like, moved real quick. Like, loads of stuff happens. And, like, I just, I just had to know what happened next with, you know, her and all the different people she, you know, meh. Oh, do tell us what you mean, Chloe. There's no way anyone could figure out that you're talking about Maggie wanting to get off with other people. Uh, excuse me? And other people wanting to get off with a whore? Fair point. But yeah, like, I thought it was just pretty cool to see her, like, cut loose and all. 
I did think it was kind of funny all the stuff about Irish people not like knowing how Americans talk and go on and stuff. Oh yeah, like this would have been written before like social media and everything. Oh wow, no TikTok empire for you to rule over in that case, Katie. Hey, it's the will of the people that have chosen me as their leader. I'm powerless in the face of their wishes. I I only live to serve them. Spoken like a true leader. You shall shall submit. submit. (laughs) (laughs) I will never get that. It's just a stupid joke about like submitting essays. Chloe, there there isn't that much to it. Like. Yeah, but like then why do you talk then about some guy getting hit in the face with a duck? Because you have to close your eyes when you fire a musket. <laughs> you guys are so random. Getting getting a bit <laughs> off topic here, guys. <laughs> oh oh yeah, but like I, I really loved Maggie like explaining her relationship with Garve. Like like oh it was just so sad like to see their relationship kind of break down over things that like can really easily happen in a marriage you know it's kind of scary and like really real like yeah like you know like when we're talking about fellas like I don't know every day (laughs) but like it's all about like what will it be like to like get into that relationship in the first place you know and like all the things that can go wrong there like you don't like it's like how is how am I going to get his attention to begin with and how am I going to keep his attention to begin with but like you don't think about the things that can go wrong you just sort of like assume that you'll come across the right person and once you like yeah get his attention keep his attention like then after that you'll both have jobs you'll both get a house have some kids and like that'll be that but like the thing is all them things can go wrong like it's like super like normal for that to happen and like it just genuinely like hadn't occurred to me like it was sort of like yeah here once I meet him it'll all be sorted didn't have you pegged for such a traditionalist there uh clo clo hidden depths katie hidden depths (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah uh we had another bit of the book that we wanted to share that kind of shows up the relationship between maggie and garve when things were good uh sersha it's only short are you okay to do the honors oh sticking with me okay awesome yeah sure why not um garve being a man had always been the one in charge of all insect removal spiders in the bathtub moths around lights wasps on windowsills all his department. I never used to lift a finger, just used to yell, Garve, there's a wasp. And he'd come with his rolled up newspaper and do battle. But he had a thing about snails, a bad thing. He was so grossed out about them, he was almost phobic. And when we'd been going out for about six months, a snail crawled up his car's windshield and then settled in for what looked like a long stay. On the driver's side too, at eye level, just to make it worse for Garve. In the end, I reached over and lifted it off and threw it at a passing Nissan Micro, packed with nuns. Very important that there were nuns in there. Um, I wasn't wild about snails either, but I did it because I loved him. And ever since then, I'd been head of snail extermination. I just loved how, like, every day that was. Like, the nuts and bolts of, like, being in love. Oh, that's nice. Okay, yes, thank you, Katie. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) whatever. But, I mean, I, I thought that that was, like, a really strong theme in the book. You know, the everyday components of love not Katie vomiting everywhere um like aside from the obvious stuff about like Maggie finding herself and like exploring her wild side that was also like really there but like 
I really liked that it, it highlighted the kind of maintenance you have to do on a relationship. You don't just, like you were saying, Chloe, like you don't just meet your soulmate and everything's rosy. You know, you have to work at it and like talk to each other and make sure you're there for each other equally on an equal like uh, ground or platform or something. I thought I knew more words than this. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, like Maggie is like repressing how she was feeling and like Garv going through the motions of being in a marriage. It, it's sort of like what led to their breakup. And then seeing Maggie go on a journey to like realize that it was super inspiring. Oh, Sergio, you're like proper brainy. <laughs> you're too nice, too nice. You know, that's an interesting thing to say. Like, too niceness is something else that's a big deal in this book. Yeah, like, Maggie definitely seemed, like, on for, like, not offending anyone, like, ever. But, like, speaking of offending people, and yes, I am looking at you, Katie. Like, did anyone think that, like, the stuff with Lara was just a little bit much? I knew. I knew you'd be the one to bring it up. I I should have put money on it. Gambling, Katie. Tisk. Actual tisk. You are the worst you can you can genuinely be the worst. Can can we stop for a second and like give folks listening some background, any background on on what it is we're talking about? Oh yeah yeah yeah. So like um, Maggie's staying with her friend Emily in LA, who's a scriptwriter. Um, while she's there, she's introduced to like a bunch of Emily's friends, including like this gorgeous woman Lara, who's like super friendly, like genuinely would stop traffic, gorgeous, and she's also gay. And at the risk of starting another Twitter war. Um, I was like really surprised at how sort of like shocked Maggie was at meeting like quotes a real life leather like that's genuinely how she's described in the book in Maggie's stream of consciousness anyway. Do you not think though that that's like something to do with like the time the book was written? But this was like written after Last Chance Saloon. I think this one was published in like 1999 or something and like that book had a gay main character and we all loved how he was portrayed. Oh, yeah. But, and this might be a bit embarrassing and maybe everyone will think I'm a horrible person. But, like, do you not think that, like, when you meet someone who's gay and for some reason it happens when you meet, like, a gay girl versus a gay guy, you th- you just think, you know, oh, you're not the same as I am. You're, you're different. Yeah, and like I find for me, like I can be like all, ah, oh, no, 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 I'm gonna be so sound right now, and like shout. I actually get that we're the same in almost every way, except for like who we think is hot, except for Margot Robbie. Yes, except for Margot Robbie, the absolute ride. Thank you, Sarah. But like when you're doing that, like sound thing, you're thinking to yourself, like, oh my god, I am like such a good person for like doing this, and like that feeling is a bit homophobic because like it means you do think you're normal and gay girls are like not weird but like less normal or something like it's us horrible I find myself doing that like all the time dude that's like not okay like don't you have to see like gay people as exactly the same as us but like I like blokes and a gay girl don't like blokes well like in in that way you know I do think that there's like an argument for like that difference being important like that's the difference that people are like really cruel over like that's that's the difference that gay people can get like attacked over and stuff and like if we don't like sort of make a not not make a big deal out of it but like recognize that like being gay is tough then 
and by, by like being like, no, 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 you're exactly the same as me. If they were exactly the same as me, then they would have never had any issues at all, ever. Is this you acknowledging your privilege, Saoirse? <laughs> You've been reading Katie's Twitter feed. <laughs> Why are you guys like ganging up on me right now? No, 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 no. We're not ganging. Sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. I just, I just think, you know, it's, it's, we can get really, like the point that I was making was that, you know, it's, I can get caught up in the difference and get freaked out by the fact that I'm thinking of these people as different. But like at the same time, they are different. So where is where is the midline? I, d- I don't know. We should have really thought about this before bringing it up. Clearly, we're five straight girls and we're not qualified to talk about this. Yeah, you hear that, Katie? Not qualified to talk about this. That includes you. Okay, this is kind of going from slagging into mean girl territory. Let's... <laughs> Let's take a break right here and um, we'll come back to talk a little bit about our next book. Um, Anybody out there and maybe uh, do a quick comparison between Maggie's journey and Anna's. Uh, Sound okay? Let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's leave it there. We'll talk to you guys in just a minute. Don't go away. This week on Dodoy, a weirdly specific fight between two girls about stuff that genuinely doesn't matter. But like, how is this okay? I waited for Stephanie for like two whole hours before she was ready to start pre-drinking last Thursday. Like, Becca, is that you? Like, just because you don't know how to apply highlighter, like, do not make that my fault. It doesn't do anything, Stephanie. You just have glitter on your face. I mean, that's all. I will have you know that this is the Fenty Kilowatt highlighter in, like, Trophy Wife. This is, like, the one that made Jessie Wu cry, okay? Like, yeah, get over yourself. Like, that's what I said. Glitter. You have always hated me. You hated me ever since Aaron kissed me first that night. I can't believe you brought up that stupid night again. Oh my god, it's so embarrassing. I can't believe I followed you to this third-rate college. Oh yeah. It got that salty, that quick. You wanna hear people giving out shit about our college? Tune in to Doi this Thursday. Jesus, sounds like poor Denise is uh, really reaching out to get some interesting callers to, to call in. I don't know, I'd listen to it. Sounds, you know, like it might be juicy. Does it count as being real nice? Uh, if you're like listening in to like a gossipy thing mm, yeah like I I want to support the show like Denise is so so nice but that's it's actually a really good point like uh, the humanitarian significance of what highlighter people are applying to where do you apply highlighter you see it is just ignorance of the important things like the, the key critical things in life that you need to know Katie that has your Twitter footballer follower bloke like not reaching out to you for like a date or like kids or nothing. Just kids, like no marriage or nothing like that. You country people and use our marriage. Oh my God, that's like, who has time to get married? Come on. I don't know, you know, you get some pretty attractive tax breaks. How do you know that, Sarsha? Like where, where do you get that information? It's like really common knowledge, no? That, you know, if you're legally married, you get to share your tax credits and... No, just me. Never change, Sersha. Never, never change, dude. Um. Anyway, so moving on. 
Before the break, we were talking about Maggie Walsh's escapades. Again, that word is hard to say. A lot of hard to say words in this this week's episode. Um, but yes, her escapades in, in Angels. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about it as much as I think we all liked. There was there was a bunch uh, of, of scenes and elements in that book that we enjoyed and we didn't expect to. But um, let's let's move because we, we were going to discuss two books this week. Um, the second of which is anybody out there which centers around um, Maggie's younger sister Anna you might remember Anna as the second to youngest Walsh sister um, the lovable hippie stoner who appears in the three Walsh books we've discussed so far isn't it mad though like she wasn't like a hippie like at all like not even like taking out no like weird beads or tarot cards are nothing in this book well like I mean there is like a spiritual element to the story oh, though hmm. right <clears throat> let's let's not uh get into that we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves there gang um uh, maybe maybe if we start with the nl uh, synopsis uh cleaner what you think uh uh yeah, yeah 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 all right um okay um anna walsh is covered in bandages and lying in her parents good front room she's dreaming of leaving dublin and returning to new york to her home, to her job, and most of all, to her husband, Aidan. Unfortunately, her family have other ideas. She's staying put. And Aidan, well, he's refusing to even take her calls. What has pushed Anna so far from everything that she loves? Is she the only one that can put it all right? And if not, who is? Oh, it's just so sad. Uh, again, like, let's be careful um, that we don't, like, say too much or whatever. Because um, the thing is, this this is a little bit more plot heavy, um, this book. Um, but there is one thing that we can definitely talk about uh, pretty much straight away. Oh, the, the good front room. Capital G, capital F, capital R. I swear, like, the good front room is the funniest thing in any of the Walsh books, period. Wait a second. Sarah... Did you say R instead of like our? Like like R as in the letter. Yeah, that's, that's what I said. Like you're like an American or like a pirate or something. Uh, actually, Chloe, I was saying R as sort of an international way that that letter is used because any of our international listeners, if there's any international students tuning in, that like they won't get confused because to them or is a word that means to choose between one or two things. Okay rare and like actually it's like the preposition that connects two clauses that you're you know it doesn't matter doesn't matter anyway the good front room was something we all enjoyed and found funny yes um well i mean like i didn't really get it well like that's because your parents have like taste ah jesus katie your folks don't have a good front room do they I'd like to say otherwise, Katie, but um, there was a dark, dark period from 2003 to 2005 where our front room was upsettingly close to what's in the book. We weren't allowed in there under, like, any circumstances, like... Oh no, is that like when... Remember you said your mum painted it red? Red and cream, Kleena. Red and cream. With a red carpet and a red and gold striped couch. Sometimes, late at night, I can... I can still hear the screaming. That's not your joke. That's a joke from France. Don't you try to pull that over on us, Katie. <laughs> Maybe as, as penance, uh, Katie, why don't you read the, uh, the excerpt from, uh, from anybody out there? 
I mean, I can just forward my therapist's bill to the station right after I'm forced to relive the, the good front room image. Awesome. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Mum flung open the sitting room door and announced, Morning, Anna. Time for your tablets. She tried to march in briskly like nurses she'd seen on hospital dramas, but there was so much furniture in the room that instead she had to wrestle her way towards me. When I'd arrived in Ireland eight weeks earlier, I couldn't climb the stairs because of my dislocated kneecap, so my parents had moved a bed downstairs into the good front room. Make no mistake, this was a huge honour. Under normal circumstances, we were only led into this room at Christmas time. The rest of the year, all familial leisure activities, television watching, chocolate eating, bickering, they took place in the cramped converted garage, which went by the grand title of television room. But when my bed was installed in the GFR, good front room, there was nowhere for the other fixtures, tasseled couches, tasseled armchairs to go. The room now looked like one of those discount furniture stores where millions of couches are squashed in together so that you almost have to clamber over them like boulders along the seafront. Right, Missy. Mum consulted a sheet of paper. An hour-by-hour schedule of all my medications. Antibiotics, anti-inflammatories, antidepressants, sleeping pills, high-impact vitamins, painkillers, which induced a very pleasant, floaty feeling, and a member of the Valium family, which she had ferried away to a secret location. All the different packets and jars stood on a small, elaborately carved table. Several china dogs of unparalleled hideousness had been shifted to make way for them and now sat on the floor looking reproachfully at me. And Mum began sorting through them, popping out capsules and shaking pills from bottles. My bed had been thoughtfully placed in the window bay so that I could look out at passing life. Except that I couldn't. There was a net curtain in place that was as immovable as a metal wall. Not physically immovable, you understand, but socially immovable. In Dublin suburbia, brazenly lifting your nets to have a good look at passing life is a social gaffe akin to painting the front of your house tartan. Your mom didn't have neck curtains in a window, did she? It was a dark time, Chloe. Jesus Christ. A dark, dark time. What is it with the tassels, though? I didn't understand that. Like, where do you put tassels on an armchair? Along the bottom, Sersha. Along the bottom. Usually gold, because, you know, most sofas and good front rooms are brown, tan, taupe, or golden red striped. Along the bottom? Yeah, I think it's thought that you can't see, like, the dirt and stuff underneath. You know, plus, you know, tassels equals fancy to a lot of people. As opposed to tassels equaling cowboy, which uh, it does for everybody else. Like, we all sit in the front room at home, so it's like, it's not like it's a good front room, like, in, in that way, but, like, I did recognise the whole ornaments thing. It's, uh, it's creepy, man. Yeah, like, is your mom into, like, effeminate porcelain children staring at each other across, like, lampposts and snow drifts and stuff? Yeah, and, and ladies in, like, big ball gowns that, like, break way too easily when you're just playing inside rounders and you're, like, five. You don't need to take that much of, like, a beating when, well, not a beating, but, like, she she tore me over. She, she like, I have never heard my mom scream so loud as she did that day. Ah, inside rounders. A cornerstone of Irish society, if there ever was one. I genuinely never thought that, like, the way your parents decorated their sitting room would be a topic to bond over. Such is the richness of shared trauma, Sarah. Indeed. And uh, speaking of trauma, maybe... um, Maybe we should talk a little bit uh, about the main topic of the book. Um, Yeah, so that we can... That get into yeah the 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 meat of it at least uh, yeah 
well like won't that be hard without like spoiling everything yeah like that's that's kind of what I'm wrestling with um but here like um so we know right now from what we just read that like Anna is recovering at home while her mother and sisters uh kind of pick over the carcass of her uh her glorious makeup bag oh my god Anna's job is like genuinely the best job in the world like do you think that like you could get into makeup with like a science degree because I'm thinking I should probably do that now after reading this you know, I, I actually I kind of looked into it. <laughs> um, it'd be like formulations only. And like Anna's in PR, which is like why she gets so many free products and stuff. She needs to know what she's selling, you know, so I don't I don't think so. Shit. I know, right? Coming up with a cure for cancer is like noble and everything. But like that was a lot of lipstick. God, you like genuinely could cure cancer. You absolute loser. Perfect princess type person. Ugh, you make me sick. I love you though. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> God. Okay. But anyway, yeah, like Anna is recovering at home after a car accident. Uh, her husband, Aiden, isn't there with her and uh, we don't know where he is. We're introduced to him or like um, maybe the absence of him is, is a better way to put it. Uh, like this. Um, I can take this one. Um, I stared at the little piece of machinery. Phones have always seemed magical to me, the way that they pull off the unlikeliest, most geographically distant connections. I know there are perfectly good explanations of how it all works, but I've never stopped being amazed at the wondrousness of people on opposite sides of oceans being able to talk to each other. My heart was banging hard in my chest and I was hopeful. Excited, in fact. So where should I try him? Not at work, because someone else might pick up. His cell phone was the best idea. I didn't know what had happened to it. It might have been disconnected, but when I hit the number I'd called a thousand times, there was a click and then I heard his voice. Not his real voice, just his message, but it was enough to stop me breathing. Hi, this is Aiden. I can't take your call right now, but leave a message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Aiden, I heard my voice say. I sounded quavery. It's me. Are you okay? Will you really get back to me as soon as you can? Please do. What else? I love you, baby. I I hope you know that. I disconnected, feeling shaky, dizzy, elated. I'd heard his voice, but within seconds I'd crashed. Leaving messages on his cell phone wasn't enough. I could try emailing him, but that wouldn't be enough either. I had to go back to New York and try to find him. There was a chance he mightn't be there, but I had to give it a go because there was one thing I was certain of. He wasn't here. Quietly, I replaced the phone in the hall. If they found out what I'd been up to, there was no way in the whole wide world they'd let me leave. Oh, it's so sad. I, I do think that this was like definitely the most like romantic relationship out of all the books. Yeah, like, you know, like the nuts and bolts of a relationship thing you were talking about, Sersha, in like Angels. That wasn't here so much. It was a case that like Anna genuinely couldn't cope without Aiden and like we follow her through dealing with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like with Claire losing James or like Rachel losing Luke, they're totally angry at the time, like over the rejection, I guess. But like Anna is just heartbroken and and she she can't cope and she like sees Aiden everywhere when she gets back to New York and she keeps leaving him messages way after it's clear to us that like he's not gonna get back to her it's yeah it's pretty it's pretty heartbreaking stuff like I'm not a crier or anything but like there were parts of this where I was like an actual child like a poor Anna never did nothing on nobody and like having this all happen to her was just like yeah yeah like I think we all got a bit protective of her which is strange strange to get protective over a fictional character but hey it happens here like 
Yeah, genuinely. But, I mean, doesn't mean I have to like the end. For our listeners, Katie thought the ending was a little, um, shall we say, twee? We shall. That's that's a pretty good uh, description, actually. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Hey, I got you. <laughs> Here, I thought it was nice. Like, like I said, I'm no sap, but like... Anna needed a nice ending like that. You couldn't have, like, some, I don't know, realistic ending where, like, she gets, I don't know, a bill for her care tax on the last page. It had to be like that. Yeah, I can't really hack nice. Oh, uh, speaking of which, actually, um, Helen. <gasps> oh, Helen, like, the actual legend. Can I read this one? Can I, can I, can I, can I please, Sarah? <laughs> God. How can I refuse when you put it like that, Chloe? Ahem. <clears throat> Dear Jesus, a voice said. It was my sister Helen, come from a night's work. She stood in the doorway of the sitting room, looking round at all the tassels and said, How can you stand it? Helen was the youngest of the five of us and still lives in the parental home, even though she's 29. But why would she move out, she often asks, when she's got a rent-free gig, cable telly and a built-in show for. That's. The food, of course, she admits, is a problem, but there are ways around everything. Hi, honey, you're home, ma'am said. How was work? After several career changes, Helen, and I'm not making this up, I wish I was, is a private investigator. Mind you, it sounds far more dangerous and exciting than it is. She mostly does white-collar crime and domestics, where she has to get proof of men having affairs. I would find it terribly depressing, but she says it doesn't bother her because she's always known that men are total scumbags. She spends a lot of time sitting in wet hedges with a long-range lens, trying to get photographic evidence of the adulterers leaving their love nest. She could stay in her nice, warm, dry car, but then she tends to fall asleep and misses her mark. Ma'am, I'm very stressed, she says. Any chance of a Valium? No, my throat is killing me, like war crime sore. I'm on to bed. Helen, on account of all the time she spends in damp hedges, gets a lot of sore throats. I'll bring you up some ice cream in a minute, pet, ma'am said. Tell me, I'm dying to know, did you get your mark? Ma'am loves Helen's job. Nearly more than she loves mine, and that's saying a lot. Apparently, I have the best job in the world, TM. I, Chloe, can attest to that. It's proper. <laughs> Occasionally, when Helen is very bored or scared, Ma'am even goes to work with her. The case of the missing woman comes to mind. Helen had to go to the woman's apartment looking for clues, like air tickets to Rio, etc., you know, as if. A man went along with her because she loves seeing the inside of other people's houses. She says it's amazing how dirty people's homes are when they're not expecting visitors. This gives her great relief, making it easier to live in her own less than pristine crib. But because her life had begun to resemble, however briefly, a crime drama, Mam got carried away and tried to break down the locked apartment door by running at it with her shoulder, even though, and I can't stress this enough, Helen had a key. And Mam knew that she had it. It had been given to her by the missing woman's sister and all ma'am got for her trouble was a badly mashed shoulder. It's not like on the telly, she complained afterwards, kneading the top of her arm. <laughs> Legend. Like, she is just beyond hilarious. Yeah, like, I really liked that, like, throughout the book because, like, Anna and Helen, they're real close and, like, they have a sort of separate conversation ongoing with each other while Anna's dealing with her stuff and, like, they're just, they're just so close and their friendship is, like... I don't know, it's just real nice. It uh, it was really, really, like, real or something. Yeah, like, Helen's personality keeps their conversations from, like, getting, like, super, super mushy. And, like, then when Helen's all, like, hey, be minding yourself, you're, like, probably my best friend, you really feel that because you know that it must be, like, really hard for someone like Helen to say that, you know? 
Katie, are you trying to tell us that like you love us? Is that what this is? Am I that transparent? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, we're getting a little all over the place here. So maybe let's do a bit of a comparison between the two books. Maybe try and tie this together a little bit. Um, Sersha, you're sitting beside me. Um, What what do you think? Like, are there any common threads between angels and anybody out there that you think are are worth mentioning? Um, Well, like, they're both stories about like the big loves in the main characters' lives, you know? Maggie and Garve and Anna and Aiden both have real, real connections when you see their relationships in the book. Um, books, they're two different books. Um, like, obviously, there are major things keeping them both apart. That's that's what we, we sort of showed when reading from them earlier in, in the show. Um, like, otherwise, the thing is, there'd be no story to tell. But I really liked how in talking about what brought them together and what kept them together because we do go into that in in the books or rather Marion Keyes goes into that in the books um you you go back over Anna and Aiden's relationship and and Maggie and Garve's relationships and 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 you see what it was that that brought them together in the first place and what was the the making of their connection and the thing is it wasn't some princess getting saved out of a terror type stuff it was you know compromise and communication and two people just really really getting along and loving being around each other. I um the more that we're we're kind of talking about, you know, Chicklet and, and these these love stories, it's sinking in that like I don't know how helpful it is to have relationships framed as like passive, particularly on the female side. Like relationships are something that happen to you that that you fall in love that that you you find a guy and and he sweeps you off your feet you know here in these books at least both sides are involved in the relationship both people are equally involved in the relationship and that's what drives them forward there are bad things that happen um but you know but both sides are are equally involved in the bad things that happen and 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 their love i guess d- is is what we learn about what what we're we're introduced to and and what we're left with afterwards i think seriously Sarah, you are like so smart <laughs> stop don't be so silly N- no like seriously like i think like hearing you say it like that like no i think that's something i really like too like it it it, it was weird that like the relationships were super romantic and exciting and all but the thing is all the things marion and can i call her marion i can call her marion at this stage right we're mates now um, talks about like the things she talks about are all like super normal like the bit about Maggie getting rid of the snail or like Aiden getting mad at Anna for like going after her in grown hairs and all oh god I hear you'd want to get a stronger stomach if you're going to be like throwing blood over shop owners or whatever it is you vegans do like why genuinely why is everyone having a go today I don't know I don't know we can smell weakness I suppose it's pretty fun <laughs> Chloe calm down what? Uh, say, say well Katie what 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 did you think well like I don't know I guess like after what Sersha was saying about the depiction of gay women and angels I kind of want to read it again now and I'm sort of yeah I think I want to give them another read before giving any opinions um oh okay um Kleena uh anything to add well like Every time we read a Walsh book, like, it's like we're seeing another side of the family because, like, we're seeing it from, like, that character's viewpoint, you know? So, like, 
watermelon and Rachel's holiday, the family was like funny and eccentric and super Irish with, with like loads of love there. But like in these two books, the vibe that you get is like a bit, I don't know, meaner. Like not that they're not nice people or anything like that. I just mean, what do I mean? Well, like Claire and Rachel, they're sort of like hard as nails, you know, like they had these horrible experiences and like they went to pieces over them. But like it was for quite a short time. And like even when the horrible thing was happening, they fought back against it, you know, sometimes doing the wrong thing. But like with Maggie, they sort of bully her, you know, she can take it, but it seems to be pretty constant and there's no real like let up. They don't like Garv. They make fun of her for doing what she's like supposed to do. And they only leave her with herself. She can only rely on herself to make sure that like she doesn't take what they say seriously. If she if she even wobbles, you know, in in her self-belief or whatever, she would take it to heart and think that she was like real boring just for doing what you're told to do anyway. Just kind of, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, I guess. And like then Anna, she's just like this big softy, like she hates any kind of confrontation and sort of wants to go by unnoticed. But then when she's like dealing with it and not being there and like wanting to get back to New York, her family all try to like steamroller and bully her into staying and all of that. But like loads of families are like that. My mom's family are the biggest slaggers ever. But if like anything like happened to anyone or anybody did them, like they'd be like there in no time. Like, that's the thing. Like, Maggie and Anna seem to know that that's the case for them as well. But I just kind of couldn't see how they know that. Like, like, they should be, I don't know, told. Like, somebody should be saying to them, hey, we talk like this, but, you know, we we love you and all that kind of stuff. I guess so. Like, there's, I guess just like, I don't know, if it was me and I was in that situation, I just... I think I would question if the family meant the things that they were saying to me, you know? But, like, it's not like your family can, like, kick you out or anything. They they love you because they, they have to. It's their job. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I suppose. I, um, I guess I'm not explaining it very well. Here, just let's, let's move on, I suppose. Um... Okay. Um do you know what? It's it's actually a little late. Um we're 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 coming up to, to the end of the show. Um maybe if we if we pick one Easter egg to, to share from, from one of the books, considering how uh considering that we're 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 pretty uh, pressed for time. I think I'll pick an Easter egg from Angels. I think you should all look out for a pair of tights worn in an unconventional manner. What me? Um Oh, you know what? My favorite part of the whole book was um, someone looking for uh, their screaming orgasm. Um, so <laughs> look out for that. Oh, oh my God. That was, that was anybody out there, I think. Just to, yeah, yeah. Amazing. I love that. Um, for me, um, if you keep an eye out for in, um, in Angels, keep an eye out for a pair of denim shorts that that uh, Maggie was wearing during a, a, a particularly interesting conversation. <gasps> Saoirse Flannery. Oh, my God. Do you know what? I'm going to go with Angels as well. Um, I think you should look for an ice cream. I know. 
you know, you wouldn't think there'd be ice cream in LA, but there is. Keep an eye out for it. And you know, uh, in anybody out there, um, keep an eye out for a uh, butterfly. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. Okay, nice. Well done, ladies. Um, that's that's it for, for this week's Chicklet for Life. Um, join us next week where we'll be talking about Helen's starring role in The Mystery of Mercy Close. Um, but right now, Kino and the business are up next. That's right. Two tours, one chain. It's back again this week. We're back with another, with, with another, here, Jono, will you edit this so that I can do it all? With another great deal for you to help look after your bike. Remember last week we were talking about you getting your tourist check for free? Well, this week you can get your tourist and your chain check for free. Well, yet again, you, you, no, I can do it this time. Yeah, no, you know that we can check both them, but if you need to check anything or change anything, checking it is free. But if you need to change anything, you will have to pay for that. It's not that much. Our customers are all very satisfied. Come on down. Our prices cannot be bet. Two tours. One chain. Check our chain as well as your tours. Two tours, one chain. Oh shit, I went over the music. You'd be able to add in more music though. You know how to do that, right? Eh. Uh, yeah. <laughs>